You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Well, happy Thanksgiving weekend to you, and uh, we have so much to be thankful for in the land that God has blessed us with, and that we rejoice um, in that, and I trust that you will have um, a good time um, this weekend with family if the Lord gives you that opportunity, and many turkeys are being sacrificed for your filling this weekend, and so uh, thankful to God for all of that as well. Well. Let's get our Bibles out and turn to John chapter 6 today. John chapter 6. We start a new series, going to lead us up until the Christmas time of uh, Jesus, who do you think you are? Jesus, who do you think you are? Uh, Jesus was always being tested by his detractors, and uh, there were many of them. And uh, this question that we've made as to the theme really comes out of uh, John chapter 8. So you just listen. Um, I'm going to read some verses there uh, from John 8. It says, the Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus, who do you think you are. Uh, One of the most controversial questions that uh, you find all throughout the scripture because um, answering that question is critical for us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's actually critical for everyone who lives on the earth because at some point we're all going to bend the knee before the Lord. And really it's all about who was Jesus and what did he do? And so Jesus is going to give us some answers to that question. Um, But the reality for us is if we get the answer to that question wrong, who is Jesus, we get life wrong. We get it all wrong and eternity will be spent separated from God because we missed out on who is Jesus. But he was always being attacked for that. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And they didn't understand it. They were on the other side of the cross and and many of them, their eyes would never be open because they loved what they had more than they loved the idea of Jesus Christ actually being the savior. But uh, we live on the other side and we've seen so many of the answers that have been given to us, but the question is, who do you think you are? We're going to spend a number of weeks taking a look at how Jesus answered that in some of the ways, not all of the ways, in the gospel of John. Um, A number of times he says, I am, I am, I am. And in our text today, he says, I am the bread of life. So get your Bibles open now. Let's stand together. We want to honor God as we uh, read his word. And I'm going to read from uh, John chapter 6, verses 35 to 40. John 6, 35 to 40. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. and Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. 
For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for um, the reality of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His detractors, those who hated him, those who eventually would put him to death. Jesus, who do you think you are? And Father, we're going to take a look and we're going to see those answers over the next few weeks. I pray, God, that you would guide us. And today, especially as we look at Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Father, would you give us ears to hear your word, to set aside our own thoughts and the busyness that we find ourselves caught up in and uh, give us minds that we would understand your word. And then, God, would you give us hearts to passionately live out for the one who gave his life for us, the bread of life, Jesus Christ the Lord, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, when you're thinking about sermon titles, you're always wondering, like, what's a good title for the sermon, The Bread of Life? And couldn't help but think of Wonder Bread and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, who he was. And I bought brown bread because I knew if I bought white bread, somebody would be all over me about how bad it is for you. And probably this is just marginally better for you anyways. But um, um, the reality is um, you'll eat this bread well, I hope you won't because I'm taking it home when we're done, but we'll eat this bread. You'll put tuna with it and some mayonnaise and some whatever else you put with your sandwich, but two or three hours later, you'll be going back to the fridge because you're still hungry because this bread will not satisfy. It'll fill you up for a little while, but it does not satisfy. And the bread of life that Jesus talks about, the bread that he gives, is bread that we will never hunger and we will never thirst again. The wonder bread of Jesus Christ makes all of the difference in the world. So I want to take a walk through what's going on in our text. We want to take a look at the setting first because this is a very busy period of time. Uh, what's going on in the 24 hours before this and leading up to what is happening right here, there's a whole lot that happens. Um, it starts out in the first part of uh, chapter 6 with the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, people are starting to crowd up to Jesus and wondering who he is. And there were the detractors. There were those who wanted to put him to death. Um, but he gets out there and he's on the side of this hill. And 5,000 men along with women and children show up because they're interested in who is this Jesus. And after some teaching and all the rest, they come to the reality it's dinner time and we have nothing to eat. We have nothing to eat. And, uh, and so Jesus kind of asked the question out of his disciples and um, the answer comes back. We found this little boy and he got his lunch. What was in his lunch? Five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. Jesus could have said, well, that'll take care of me. Thank you very much since I'm the teacher. But um, how was that going to meet the need? And uh, we all know what happens. Jesus takes it. And after he tells them, break them up into groups and all the rest. And um, he, he blesses it and they start to feed them and they feed the whole 5,000 people. And what's left over? How many baskets? A little test for you today. I didn't have time to think about this stuff this week, so that maybe you could help me. So 12 baskets are left over, right? There's 12 baskets of food from five loaves, five little loaves and two fishes. God feeds the 5,000 with abundance and it was all left. They gathered it up, the Bible says, so that it would not be it would not be wasted. So that time is done. They finish that night and the disciples get in the boat to go back over to Capernaum and, and they're out on the ocean. Jesus goes by himself to pray. 
And while they're out on the ocean, a storm comes up. And it's a significant storm. It can happen on the Sea of Galilee. It, it blows up and, and they were afraid they were gonna die. And they're hanging onto the gunnels and they're wondering if they're gonna make it and all the rest of it. And, and they look up and they see what they thought was a ghost walking on the water. They said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, no, it's a ghost, it's me. And Peter says, if it's you, remember this whole Peter thing? Peter says, if it's you, let me walk to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. Once again, you're like, Peter, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, right? And uh, Jesus says, come. And, uh, and Peter um, he gets out of the boat and walks on the water. For all the things we do and talk about Peter and how impulsive he was, and uh, nobody else walked on water with Jesus. Nobody else walked on water with Jesus, but Peter did. And he gets out and he sees Jesus. He starts to walk to him on the water. And the Bible says he saw the wind and the waves around him and, and he started to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. And the Lord reaches out and he picks up Peter and he takes him, he puts him back in the boat. And, and in John, it talks about how they found themselves on the shore, which is actually another miracle as God uh, preserves them and takes care of them and the winds are calm, the storm is over, and all of that goes on before what happens today. And so now we want to take a look at some of the content. We want to walk through the narrative that happens here and just see as Jesus comes to I am the bread of life, it's important for us to remember Jesus just fed 5,000 people. He took the five loaves of bread and he gave it to them. And so we come to the text and in verses 22 to 24, it says, on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking after Jesus. So it's the next morning. And they walk down by the shore and they go, well, there was one boat here, but we saw the disciples leave. Um, but Jesus wasn't in the boat, so probably they went through, I wonder where he is, is he still here and looking around, and, and they come to the understanding he's not here, and so they get into boats, and they go across um, to the other side where they will, they will eventually they will meet Jesus. Um, and in the rest of the text, I want us to notice the interactions that the Jews had with Christ. Each one of these, as we break it down, starts out with a question or a comment from those who were looking for Jesus Christ. And I want us to be a little bit careful because, see, it's easy for us because we get to read the end of the story. We know how it happens. We know what went on. We understand it, but they didn't. They're still trying to figure out who is Jesus? Who is this guy? Uh, they've seen some miracles. That's why they followed him and the feeding of the 5,000 happened in the first place. Uh, people are getting healed. And, and now they've just watched as Jesus fed 5,000 men plus the women and children with five little loaves and two little fishes. And they're like, the, who in the world is this guy, Jesus? And so as you think about their questions, it'd be easy for us to go, well, why didn't they figure it out? It's because they didn't have the rest of the story. We have the rest of the story. And uh, their comments and their questions are, are quite interesting. Um, in verse 25, that's section 25 to 27, they ask a question and Jesus gives them the answer. 
When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. And so they ask a good question. They're like, there was only one boat, and you didn't get in it. How did you get here? Right? And Jesus doesn't answer their question at all because they're already trying to figure out who he is. They're already following him because of, of what they've seen him do. And can you imagine if, they'd, if he had told them, well, in the middle of the night there was a storm. The disciples were going to drown. So I walked out on the water. I, storm, I, I stilled the storm. I made the sea. And we ended up on the other side. It would have just, it would have been way, probably way too much for him. But he didn't answer the question, not even for that reason. He answered the question because he understood what the heart of what they were really after was. Look what, look what it says back in verse 26. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, not because you saw signs, because they did, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. You ate your fill of the loaves. Uh, they're going after Jesus for the wrong reasons. They're after him for what they can get. Um, he gets to the heart of what is really truthfully behind what's going on in their minds. And whether they were seeing Jesus as some kind of a sugar daddy who was gonna meet everything they ever needed, they were never gonna have to work again. And like, here we are, he's healing people. People are getting fed from these loaves. Like, we're gonna follow this guy for sure because look what we're going to get. Look what we're going to get. And they were about the wrong things. They were about bread that would fill their stomach for the day. Um, she says, do not labor for food that perishes but for, for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. So they ask the question, how do you get here? How did you get here? And Jesus says, not even the right topic. You guys are after the wrong things. You're after the bread that will only satisfy for a couple of hours. It's not gonna make it through the night. It's not gonna make it through tomorrow. And I'm here to talk to you about the bread of life that's going to satisfy for eternity. So here's the next thing they say, verses 28 and 29. Then he said to him, what must, what must we do to be doing the works of God? You know, that was a great question. Um, that was a fantastic question. What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. The answer to the question was really laid out and set up then in one thing. What do you have to do? You have to, you have to believe. That's what you have to do. Here I am, I have come, I'm, and you're gonna tell them some more things, but here I am, and all you have to do is believe. That's what you have to do. So then in verses 30 to 33, they asked Jesus for a sign. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What sign do you do that we might see and we might believe? I look at verses 31 then. And our fathers ate the manna of the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you 
the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is starting to reveal who he is. He's starting to lay it out for them and it's not clear for them yet. They're still gonna wrestle with it. They're still gonna struggle with it. Remember, they're on the other side of the cross. They don't have all the things that we have and, and so they ask a great question. But it's funny because the question was about giving a sign. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? Okay, well, we already know from the first part of John chapter six that they had met together for that whole gang that met the Jesus fed because they had seen things that he was doing. They saw some miracles that were going on. And so people are intrigued and they're wondering. They've seen him feed the 5,000. And so then they go, so what sign? What sign? Really? Didn't you just see some signs? Haven't you already seen what the Lord has done? And then they go off on a, a little thing about Moses and the manna and the feeding um, from the manna. And, and Jesus says, um, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses. Because didn't Moses feed with the manna? Didn't Moses do this kind of thing? And it's interesting what Jesus says, because he says, um, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It wasn't Moses who did it. See, they were so tied up in the who these people were and it's right to honor people and, and see what we can learn from them and all the rest of it. They, they were giving Moses credit uh, for what God had done. And uh, a little nugget that I pulled out of this text for myself out of this is, be careful when you give glory for the work of God to men. Be careful when you give glory of the work of God to men. It's not what Moses did, Jesus said. It wasn't Moses who did that. God did that. When I think about what God's done in our church, don't give glory or praise to our Harvest Kids workers or don't give glory or praise to the pastor or to the elders. Uh, we need to be faithful in what we do, but it's God who does the work and it's him who needs to be the focus. I just can't help but notice that Jesus said, it wasn't Moses who did that, it was God who did that. What's going on in our church, how God is growing it, what he is doing. It's not because of me, it's not because of the elders, it's not because of the leaders, it's because God is at work. And if he ever stops working in our church, we're going into the dumper so fast, we'll never know what hit us. We always wanna put the focus back to who God is and what he has done and what he has accomplished for us. So then they come and uh, they have another request and they say, um, sir, give us this bread always in verse 34. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said, uh, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gave me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has done but raise it up on the last day for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. They give this request, Lord, give us the bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am what you need. Like, it was a pretty amazing statement that he is making. It would blow them away because they're looking for who the Messiah is. They're looking for God's provision. They're looking for what God will do in their life. And Jesus said, that's me. That's me. 
I am the bread of life. And then he goes on into a phenomenal progression that we really don't have a lot of time to get into today, but uh, just to see who Jesus says he is and uh, what he has done and how God had poured all of this into him. And um, in verses uh, 35 and 36, it says there, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Really? I'll never be hungry again. I'll never thirst. Not for the things that matter. Not when you take hold of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. Yeah, the bread you'll eat, you'll eat a sandwich and you'll be hungry in a couple hours. But what I'm offering to you will feed you and quench your thirst for eternity is what Jesus is saying. Whoever believes in me, it says in the middle of the text. Whoever believes. Six times from verses 29 to 51, Jesus says, believe, 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 believe. Doesn't say try harder. Doesn't say work more. Doesn't say it's all about you. He says, just believe if you believe. Look at uh, verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. It's not about me. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. There's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. No one, no one seeks after God. Uh, too many churches are out there doing like these seeker services. People are seeking after God. People aren't seeking after God. No one seeks after God. No one does. Now, you come to a place in your life where God flicks the switch, where God does the work, and you start to have this thing inside of you going, I gotta figure this out, I have to know. And the Lord reveals himself, but the seeker is not you, the seeker is God. God seeks after us. God is the one who starts the process. God is the one who does the work. And then we come to the place, we have a part, we have a part, it's called believe. Believe. Six times in this text, many times in the book of John. What do we do? We believe because God has started the work and God is doing it and he starts and lays it out there that the confidence is in what God does. It's not about me. Verses 38 to 40, he says that Christ came to do God's will. Christ came to do God's will and the result is through believing we can have eternal life and we will be delivered over to God in that last day. He will raise him up on the last day. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Then look at 41 to 45. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus? See, they didn't understand. They didn't have the fullness of all of this yet Christ has not yet died he has not yet risen they're trying to figure it out and like who does this guy think he is he's making some pretty amazing claims so the Jews grumbled about him I am the bread that came down from heaven they said is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how does he now say I have come down from heaven Jesus answered them do not grumble among yourselves no one can come to me listen Listen carefully to what God's word says. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. God draws. Christ will raise us up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and, there will, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. 
Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he who has seen the Father. Um, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him for the life, uh, for the life of the world is my, is my flesh. Um, and they begin to grumble and they begin to get a little ticked off at who Jesus is saying he is. And isn't this guy the son of Mary and Joseph? Isn't that who he is? And yet he's claiming, so they were starting to understand he was claiming far more than they were comfortable with. Remember, what they wanted was a free ride. They wanted a free ticket. That's what they were looking for. And Jesus now is raising the bar way beyond what they had ever expected. And so as they're hearing what he's saying, it's like, whoa, 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 back up. We're not ready for this. This is not what we were interested in. We just wanted some stuff. We just wanted an easy life. That's what we wanted. And, and now you're claiming, you're making claims that it sounds like you're saying you are God. It sounds like you're saying you are the Messiah. It sounds like you're saying you are the deliverer. That's, that's what's going on in their heads. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to them. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him. I will raise him up. I will raise him up on the last day. Those have heard and learned from the Father come to me. If you believe, you have eternal life. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. The bread you want, the manna, the stuff you're after, it won't satisfy. You ever notice that? You ever notice the stuff that we go after doesn't really satisfy? You're thinking, if I just have this, then I'll be happy. And so you work hard and you get whatever your this is, and it's not too long afterwards where you want more because it doesn't satisfy. And then you want something else and you want a little bit more and it doesn't satisfy. And that's the, that's the rut we find ourselves and we get caught up in it and we want more and more and more and it satisfies less and less and less. And, and the bread that we go after will never satisfy. And Jesus said, I am the living bread. Through me is life. He finishes up this part by saying, and the bread I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Well, now there's another struggle that they have. They just heard him say that, and now look at 52. And then the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, so they're grumbling, now they're disputing. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Gnaw off my finger, nibble off my toe, Cut a chunk out of my side. That's, that's what's going on in their head. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught them in Capernaum. Okay, so is Jesus espousing? Is he pushing cannibalism? You're gonna cut me up and chew me up and swallow me? Of course not. Of course not. It's a picture. It's a picture of what he was coming to do. It's a picture of his sacrifice. It was a picture that they had to take his sacrifice and they had to take it in. Well, do you have anywhere else where he said something like that and he didn't mean it literally, but rather it's a figurative statement? Of course I do. It's found in Matthew. Turning your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 26. When we have communion in a few minutes, uh, we're gonna use this text today. But I want you to notice what Jesus says. So this is at the Last Supper, right before Jesus will die on the cross. In verse 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He didn't rip off a finger or a toe and give it to them. It was a picture and he took the bread and he took a chunk of it off and he said, this is my body. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This is my body. It wasn't literally his body. It was a picture. It was a figure. This is my body. Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup when he'd given thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood. Was it his blood? No, it was wine. It wasn't his blood. The bread wasn't his body. It was bread, but it was picturing what Jesus Christ did. And unless we take in what Jesus Christ did, unless we eat of his body and drink of his blood, we cannot have eternal life. What Jesus did for us, he did out there so that we could personalize it, make it part of us, and we could have life, and we could have abundant life. Jesus is speaking of a sacrifice. He's not talking about cannibalism. It's all in the context of I am the bread of life sent down from the Father. So that kind of walks us through the content. Let's pull out some principles. Let's pull out some principles for us from the text. Here's the first one. A man is separated from God. Man has a huge and a great need. Uh, all throughout this text, Jesus is talking about you're going after the wrong bread. You're going after the wrong bread. What you want is only going to meet a need for a very short period of time. It's not going to satisfy you. You are separated from God in verse uh, 27. Verse 27 says, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. You are separated from God. You're going after the wrong things. You need to go after the things that endure for eternal life. Verse 49 I just picked a few of the verses out of this, but um, your, father ate the, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died, and they died. And until we understand who the bread of life is, until we take in the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the bread we ever eat, all we ever try and do is gonna lead to death. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And then over in verse 58, it says, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. We're separated from God because we're seeking after the wrong things. We want the bread that satisfies for today and not the bread that satisfies Jesus Christ for eternal 
life. We're separated. Well, the solution is found in the source of all of this, and it's in who God is and in his son. Verse 27, verse 27 again. Uh, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you, for on him God the Father set his seal. This was all God's plan. It was all God's desire. It's what God willed. And God is the source of the solution. The source of solution to man's hunger is not in ourselves. It's not in trying more. It's not in the things we can find that feed us for a little while. It's in God's plan and in his son, Jesus Christ. And in verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. And he was the source. The next picture is the picture of of salvation. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God made reconciliation with himself. He made it possible through Jesus Christ. In verse 35, again, it says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Um, In verse 40, It says this, for this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. It's a picture of our salvation and what Christ has done and what do we do? We believe if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Listen to this paragraph I found this week. It says this, Jesus offers us heavenly bread for eternal life but we must eat it. We must take it in. What the Lord offers to us, we must take it in. Faith in Jesus is not compared with tasting or admiring, but with eating. Jesus said that we must have him within us. We must partake of him. Seeing a loaf of bread on a plate will not satisfy our hunger. Knowing the ingredients in the bread will not satisfy our hunger. Taking pictures of the bread will not satisfy our hunger. Telling other people about the bread will not satisfy our hunger. Selling the bread will not satisfy our hunger. Playing catch with a loaf of bread will not satisfy our hunger. Nothing will satisfy our hunger and bring us life except actually eating the bread. It's only through believing in Christ, the bread of life, that we are satisfied. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Believe in me and you will have eternal life. Have you done that? Do you talk about the bread? Do you look at the bread? Do you wonder about the bread? The real question, has you eaten the bread? Have you taken the gift that the Lord Jesus Christ offers to us, men and women separated from God from our sin, nothing we can do to fix it, nothing we can do to earn God's favor, nothing we can do about that. And God brings us to a place of, I need the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's not good enough to just talk about it and think about it and wonder about it. You have to take in the bread. You have to eat the bread. And you do it by believing. I accept the fact I'm a sinner, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. If you haven't done that, you can do that today. You can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the picture, you can eat of the bread that satisfies for eternity. 
And that's really the next thing that comes out of this is a sense of satisfaction. Back in verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger or thirst. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That sense of satisfaction that comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's the outcomes that we get. It's the benefits that we receive. It's the blessing that's poured out on it. Well, what is it? Well, there's the joy that comes. The joy that comes at knowing we will never hunger nor thirst again, knowing that what God has provided was everything that we needed. Am I going to be hungry? I'm already getting hungry and it's um, 10 o'clock. But the bread I'm going to eat at noon or whatever time I get out of here is not going to fill. It's not going to fill for eternity. It's not going to quench the thirst that's going to go on for me. Uh, that is only fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, we need to be people of God who are satisfied. We're satisfied. It demonstrates in joy that inward peace and calm spirit that God gives to us. It demonstrates in contentment. It demonstrates in contentment in who God is and what he has done and what he has provided. So you say you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Are you contented? Are you content with what God has given you? Or are you so wrapped up in this world and the things that you want that contentment is averting you? It's all over everywhere else. Everybody else seems to have it, but you can't seem to find it. Hey, in Christ, he is your contentment. Because what he offers is for us for eternity. The bread that he offers doesn't just, just doesn't fill for now. It does fill for now, but it doesn't just fill for now. It fills forever. And yet we can get caught up in the I want more thing and I need more thing and I'm not satisfied thing. And Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That we would be people who are satisfied, filled with joy, filled with contentment, because of who Jesus is. And then uh, here's the last S, the word is sanctified or sanctification. In verses 56 and 57, it talks about abiding and how we abide in him. Uh, God does this work, we're grafted in. We're gonna see that, was, I am the vine. We'll see that when we get to that text. But um, that sense that we are grafted in, but we abide in him and we continue in him and we grow up in him. And, and you know, I've said it before, I've said it a hundred times in this church. We don't do that perfectly, we struggle, not what we we will be not what we should be but sure not what we were because we're abiding in Christ and he is growing us up why because the bread of life has fed us I, I don't have to be satisfied based on what I accomplished my satisfaction comes based on what he has accomplished and now I'm going to live out best I can for his glory not to get my salvation but because of my salvation I'm sanctified Verse 44, and a couple of other places in the text, I will raise him up on the last day. See, that's what's coming for us. I will raise him up on the last day. Well, at the risk of confusing you, the next point is, so who do you think you are? There's no so what in this series, so you're gonna have to get over that, okay? So if you're thinking there's gonna be a so what every week, not until Christmas, okay? So we'll come back to it because I know it's too much for you sometimes, but... The question was asked of Jesus, so who do you think you are? And he answers the question in the context that, that, that they were coming to him and what they wanted and they wanted things that he wasn't even offering to them and, and he says, I am the bread of life. And Jesus, who do you think you are? But I wanna turn the question on its head 
and ask the question to you based on who Jesus is. So who do you think you are? Who do you think that you are? You are not the bread of life. The bread that we want doesn't satisfy. It's only when we bend the knee and come in brokenness to Jesus that we finally, we finally get it of who he is and what he has done and in response, well, who do I think I am? I'm a broken, messed up person who the Lord Jesus Christ died for so I could have eternal life. Who do I think I am? I am a child of God. God has done his work. He has taken me. I am adopted into his family. That's who I am. I'm a, I'm a son or daughter, not because of who I am, not because of what I've done. I'm a, I'm a son or daughter because of what he has done. I was separated, but God through him, the source, and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do his will so that I could be saved, satisfied in him, growing up in him. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the source of life. I am the one who feeds us. So when we are fed, we, we would not go to any other source for our food. I am the bread. Is Jesus Christ the bread of life for you? In your salvation, and then because of that follower of Jesus Christ, in your, in your sanctification. Do you remember when we were studying Psalm 23? Psalm 23, verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, the Lord is the bread of life, I shall not want. It's all about who God is and what he's done for it. When we were looking at that verse, we said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want another shepherd and I shall not want what another shepherd offers. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. I'm not seeking after any other source of bread because it cannot satisfy all that God has given me in Jesus Christ. Jesus, who do you think you are? I am the bread of life who came down from heaven so you could have eternal life. So Paul Whittingstall, who do you think you are? Because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of your love for me, I am a son of God. I am a child of God grafted into the family, abiding for the glory, the fame of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. The picture of the wonder bread, we see a loaf even in our minds as our eyes are closed and we realize how, how unsatisfying that really is. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our total and complete satisfaction. He has everything we need so that we will not hunger and we will not thirst because he provides all that's required, all that's needed before you to make things right. So Father, if there's anyone here today who's never trusted Christ, would they come to the place of understanding who Jesus is and what he offers and in simple faith, trust Jesus Christ as our savior. But then Father, as your children, we can find ourselves gnawing down on some other kinds of bread and wondering if something else will fulfill and we realize it doesn't, and again, we're reminded of it today. Give us eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the bread of life, who offers all we need so that we neither will hunger nor thirst. Do this work in us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.